This is the Gently Mad, a show where I talk to and pick the brains of the smartest people running creative online businesses. Actually, not so much. If you're looking for that inspirational kick in the pants to help take your life and career to the next level, then this is probably not the place for you. To be perfectly honest, this podcast is about me. Hey, I'm Adam Clark, and I'm your host. Thanks for listening. I do talk to people on this show, but instead of that double rainbow of success BS that you'll get in most entrepreneurial shows, we talk about failure, self-doubt, and all the insecurities that we all have that keep us from doing much of anything with our lives. If that sounds like your kind of thing, then head over to avclark.com slash TGM and subscribe. Any actionable advice or helpful tips are simply a byproduct and purely unintentional. What is up, my friends? Welcome to The Gently Mad. I'm Adam Clark. This is episode 55, and it's part two of my conversation with Omar Zenholm. We had part one on Monday, which was good, but kind of more introductory. Uh, The last hour of our conversation, we really got into some some pretty good stuff, and I'm excited to get to it. I'm not going to do a long intro this time around because I did a lot of that in the intro on Monday. But uh, th- yeah, so part two of conversation with Omar talked about a lot of the different businesses he started and a lot of the motivation behind those businesses. I I just found myself identifying with him quite a bit in terms of of the difference between doing something just because it's a job and doing something because it provides meaning or, or satisfaction or contentment or happiness on a deeper level. And we got into a lot of that stuff. So um, be sure and check out the show notes if you're interested in the stuff that Omar is working on. It's all linked up there at avclark.com slash 55. You can go there and check it out. I do want to say that... Um, As I've said several times before, I'm about to launch a new podcast about podcasting to go along with my course that is finally done. It's finally done. Very excited about that. I I worked on it pretty hard for several months, and then I procrastinated for about a month because, I don't know, whatever reason, I just kind of lost some motivation. But I've kind of gotten that back, and I've gotten it finished, and I'm going to start selling it, so I'm excited about that. But I've got this new show coming out. So if you're into podcasting at all, want to do that or have questions or just whatever, you can just you can go to avclark.com slash ask and leave a question. When it launches, I'm going to have a contest like I did with this show, but obviously geared more toward podcasting, giving away some pretty cool gear there. So if your question is featured on the show, then you're automatically going to be entered to win some of that cool stuff. So if you're into podcasting at all, Go to avclark.com slash ask, leave a question, and I would love for it to be featured on the new show that's going to be launching soon. All right? Not too much else going on. Just trying to make it through the week as usual. I hope you're having a good Wednesday, a good week so far. And I'm excited to get into this. the last half of this conversation with Omar. It was a good one. One of the longest conversations that I've had on this show, which is why I split it into two episodes. But the last half... Uh, I really did enjoy uh, getting a little deeper there with Omar. So we're going to get to that. We'll be right back after this brief word from our sponsor. The Gently Matt is sponsored today by Harvest. Harvest is a beautiful app for tracking time, 
creating invoices and generating just about every kind of report you could imagine. I've been a customer for at least five years now, and I don't think you could pay me to switch away. It's an amazing service. I called up Elena, whose job title is Harvest Expert. I called her the old-fashioned way with an actual telephone. Can you give me Harvest in 20 words or less? Oh, man. Okay. Um, let's see. Harvest is easy time tracking, beautiful invoicing, powerful recording. I think that that was... That was, yeah, that worked. That was definitely <laughs> under 20 words. <laughs> definitely. So there you have it. Easy time tracking, beautiful invoicing, and powerful reporting. That's why I use them. My invoices look amazing, and they're easy to send out, and I get paid faster. So go to getharvest.com and start tracking time and sending invoices painlessly. The first month is already free, and after that 30-day trial is over, you can use the promo code TGM at checkout and get 50% off your first paying month. Do it. Let's get to it. This is part two of my conversation with Mr. Omar Zenholm. So how did, how did you feel about, you started doing the car thing and mm-hmm. it, it worked. You sold some cars, you made some money. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what did you feel like then? Was that when you had that feeling of, wow, this is, like you said, it's a high, it's addictive. You know, being an entrepreneur yeah. can, can it's a drug in a way. Like, is that what made you think I liked there's it. more for me in the world than teaching? It wasn't a huge, like, paradigm shift. For me, it was kind of like, oh, this is cool. I made money. It's great. It worked out. It, that feeling you're talking about, it, it happened when I actually created my first product, when I actually had something for sale. I actually made it myself and I put it out in the world like, wow, I can really, because then I felt like I had a little bit more control because there's a lot of factors when you're doing, you know, when you're reselling, you know, uh, the car could not be as described, you know, the buyer could, you know, just bail out on you. There's a whole bunch of things that can happen that are not in your control. But when you're running your own business where you create the product and you put it out there, or you offer the product or service, um, you have a lot more control and you have, there's a different feeling of creating something, putting out there and somebody actually interested in buying it. What was that product? Uh, the first thing I actually created was um, just a small ebook. Uh, it was really corny title, but it did well and it was called um, Make Your Passion Your Business. And I, I actually wrote it because um, I was just trying to find out a way to kind of do, because I had all these side businesses I was creating that I really didn't enjoy. And I wanted, and I felt like I can never really have a sustainable business because it's, you have to love the grind. I always say this, if you don't love the grind, if you don't like the nitty gritty of what you're doing, then you're not going to make it. And you're, you may make some money, but it won't have a long-term five, 10 year lifespan. Um, and I wrote it and offered it. And I did this in conjunction with when I started the clothing line. Um, because I, I'm a very observant person. Even when I'm at a party, I'm always looking at what people are doing. I'm always like listening to the way somebody talks, speaks. If somebody impresses me, I really study them, um, even at a speech or a conference or whatever it is. Um, so I observed 
like, um, so what happened with the clothing line is that, you know, when I was in Dubai, it's very common to see tailor shops. People tailor their clothing there. Mm-hmm. They don't just go buy in the store. There are stores, there's like malls and everything, but you know, um, some people like to tailor their clothing. So I used to just tailor some shirts, some casual shirts, some dress shirts, just because I'm a big guy. I'm six, four, six, five. And, um, I just wanted to, I got some fabric tailored like a, like a dozen shirts and I, and I wore them when I went back home to the States. And a lot of my friends and family were like, dude, this is a really nice shirt. Where'd you get that shirt? I was like, oh, I just tailored it myself. I made it. <laughs> like, yeah. And they're like, oh, if I give you my measurements, can you make me one and send it over? And then, you know, it just got too much to handle. I realized there's a need in the market. There's I a business to, here. Yeah. There's a business here. And I just. So the, the, the clothing thing also came out of just you had time. You'd been experimenting with different businesses. Mm-hmm. You were in a place where. You know, making clothing. Uh, there, there were a lot of there was there. You know, you yeah, saw examples. Yeah. yeah, and it just uh, it just struck you as another challenge, basically. Yeah, and I just took it on, and we did very well. My cousin was my business partner. Um, he was one of the best salesmen I've ever seen in my life. You know, and we did really, really well. I would go to conferences, trade shows, and it was very successful. But I came to a point where I just like I had to let it go because I just didn't enjoy it. I enjoyed the success. I enjoyed the significance. I enjoyed making the money. But then it was just like, this is not my calling. I can't keep doing this. I wouldn't leave my job for this. You know, like I just, it wasn't, it wasn't enough, you know, and it just, for me, I know that sounds retarded, but. No, it doesn't at all. But for me, it was just like, mm, it's just a business to make money. And for me, like there's other ways to make money. You can make money in all these different ways. You can make money with a job. You can make money selling cupcakes, lemonade, whatever. It's like the, um, um, I had Seth Godin on on the show earlier and it's like what he talked about that um, there's a difference between your job and your work, you know, and, and. A lot of times, if you're lucky, your job and your work can be the same thing. But, you know, uh, he differentiated it where, like, your job is the thing that, you know, pays the bills. But your work, your work is the thing that you're meant to do. It's that passion. It's the mission. It's it's whatever it is inside you that, that brings meaning to your life. And it sounds like through all of this period, you're kind of searching for that. You're trying this thing. You're trying that thing. And, and they've all been, they were successful. They made you money. But to you, they were just businesses. None of them satisfied that this mm-hmm. is what I'm supposed to do with my life. Exactly. So uh, were you conscious that that's what you were looking for at that time? Or was, or you didn't yeah, really? At that point, I was. At this point, I was like, I need to really find something that I can do and feel like it's not work. Like I would do it for free. And I got that kind of reading Robert Kiyosaki very young. Um, you know, he says that's a good sign to know that this is the business for you, so that you're willing to do the work for free. Uh, and if you weren't making any money, you would still do it. Um, and, uh, that's, I mean, that's how some people feel about like, oh, baseball or basketball. I would play basketball anyway, you know? So even if I wasn't playing in the NBA professionally, but, um, yeah, so that's, that was kind of my thing. Um, by the I way, also, all, all through this time, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. All, all through this time, ha- um, did you, did you get married yet? You know, the, the family, the kids, um, th- is that part of the story here? Or is, is none of that yeah, happens till I mean, later. Uh, yeah, like early on in Dubai, I was married. I had I had my first child, um, and um, you know uh, it was it was a tough journey for me and my ex wife uh, because I was growing as a person. I was changing as a person. We got married very young, you know, um, and I, I'm, I'm I can't even recognize that person who I was when I first 
when I was young, when I was, when I was 21, you know? Um, and we, we just, you know, the direction I was going was not where she wanted to go. And we, we didn't, we didn't work out. Um, which in a way I feel like was okay because, you know, everybody has their own needs in life. Everybody has their own, you know, direction. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, that's life. You know, that's how what happens. People change, people grow, people, things happen. And, um, so basically, you know, as I started to grow as an entrepreneur, you know, and things started to kind of unfold and, you know, it changes who you are. And I always talk about this on, on the podcast or, or, uh, you know, in the, when I write my blog post is that you, you, it's hard to, to define or to, to separate your personal life and your growth as an entrepreneur, because yeah, it, it's going to affect you and it's going to affect the people around you and your environment affects you. So, um, you know, I, before I kind of went full-time entrepreneur, like a year or a year or so, you know, um, you know, we, we didn't work out, we split up and, uh, it, which was, you know, that's, that's just a personal kind of situation. And, um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I started to kind of go full time on the, the business thing. Uh, you know, it, I had a lot going on when I was, you know, when I was in Dubai, you know, I was working, I had businesses, I had a family, you know, it was very, very, you know, full on. Yeah. And so, you know, that, that time period, you know, it sounds like your, your marriage ended before you made the, the leap into mm-hmm. sort of full-time entrepreneurship. And, and, um, I wonder like, did, did the, um, did that relationship and, and the ending of that have anything to do with you, uh, going into full time? Um, did it have anything to do with what comes next in your story? Um, you yeah, know, I think, um, like, how did that affect you? How did that, that relationship ending, how did it, that we, make it, you feel? What did, you know, what did it? See, the thing is that I, I, I always say that the reason why I went, what was that kind of like point where I said, okay, I'm going to do this full time. I'm going to leave my career, leave my job and be a full time entrepreneur. And it, it boils down to one simple fact that like my frustration now grew my fear. You know, you, the whole time I'm delaying, I'm just scared. You know, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to be able to make enough money. I'm not going to be successful, you know, and I just, my frustration got to the point where it's like, anything can be better than this. You know, I got to make a change. I got to do something. What was so bad when you you say anything could be better than this, you know, what was so bad? Uh, I would say my career kind of, I hit a plateau. I started to see things in the educational world that was not pleasant. You know, a lot of people don't see the dirty secrets of education in higher education. There's, it's a business. You know, it's not about learning and development in that level. It's not about students. It's about keeping people's jobs. It's, it's not. It's a very ugly sight. Um, I was very frustrated with my kind of commitment as an entrepreneur myself side hustling for so long. When you side hustle that long, you start to feel like a fraud. Yeah. You start to feel like you're not really the real deal. You see the Gary Vaynerchuks and you see the other people out there telling you like, you know, um, what they're doing. And, and I have my opinions on that whole thing about, you know, comparing yourself to other people, but, um, I was still developing as an entrepreneur. So that's what I had. And, um, and you know, I, I had, you know, my challenges at home and, and I just kind of, it just came to the point where sometimes you get frustrated and you just get to the point where it's just like, you know, it's, 
it's not that bad to make a change. It's not that bad. You know, you have a life, you have choices to make, you know, so what? What if you make a bad choice? It's not the end of the world. You still have people that love you. You still have a family. You still have, you know, you people that care about you. You'll meet new people. You'll, you'll explore new things, you know? And I just came to the point where it's just like, uh, I, I don't see myself doing this for the rest of my life, education, like being in, in, in an institution like this. So why am I delaying the inevitable? Why am I just wasting more time? And that's, that's why I took the leap. I feel like... And, I'm, and I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but, you know, all, all those because I felt it, I understand. But all those things that you just said could be applied to your career and it could also be applied to a relationship. And, and I wonder if you were feeling those same things in your relationship where it was like, I'm frustrated with my career. I'm frustrated with this relationship. You know, um, I, I'm not you're just unhappy and, and nothing is working the way you want it to be. Mm. Um, was that true or am I going too far there? Uh, maybe a little bit too far. Um, I think with my relationship with my ex, I think, I think it was just, we were just different people. We just were not on the same page anymore. And, um, you know, you don't really understand that unless it's in the context of relationship because you can have friends like that, but you don't see them every day. You don't exactly. confide everything in them. You don't, you, know, you have to have somebody that's a hundred percent on the same page that understands exactly what you're doing, believes in what you're doing. Um, and everything in that mix, you know, and you just also have to like each other. You have to like be friends, you know, um, <laughs> it sounds like what you're saying though, that those things weren't true that, you know, you, when it came down to it, you just kind of maybe didn't like each other very much anymore. Um, I don't know. I, mean, I, I but, wouldn't say that. I would just say that we, we, you know, we just grew apart. You grew apart. Yeah. Just, yeah. I, I changed a lot. What my, was it know. about what, what, you know, the entrepreneur, were you wanting to be like, I want to quit my job and I want to go out into the world and blaze my own trail. And, and she was not on board with that. Is, is, is that what eventually was that part of this? Maybe a little bit, but I think it was just also just personal stuff. I think, you know, you know, when you grow older, you grow wiser, your values change, the way you see the world changes, you know, it's just people change, you know, and um, I think that I'm sure she did too, but I, I think that for me, I... I'm I'm very conscious of the fact that I I did change a lot in my life and you know I'm sure if you ask my parents or ask my siblings they would say that you know um and it's because I think the reason why is because I seeked out a lot of different experiences in life and the more experiences you have the more they influence who you are So you keep saying that you changed a lot you've mentioned that a bunch of times in this like like give me an example you know you say your parents would know everyone would you you don't even recognize the guy you were back then what what's so different? Um, I just think that uh, I have, I think just my personality has changed. You know, when I was young, I was a very quiet kid. Um, uh, my parents, my mom always said that I was very easy to raise because I just played quietly, my, you know, and I was very creative yeah. in my own head. Um, I became more of an, you know, um, an extrovert. I just became uh, somebody who, my interest changed. I was very, very into like this whole idea of entrepreneurship and business. And, you know, uh, a lot of people don't really, I read a lot of books that really changed my mind about the world, who I am as a person, who I am as a, uh, as a person in terms of, when I say a person, I mean like, what am I contributing to the world? What am I doing? What am I producing in my everyday life that actually yeah. matters? 
Yeah. So, um, so two things then. So I, w- I want to get to that part right there. Like, cause I've had that same feeling was that, that was part of this is that you were starting yeah. to feel that you were starting to feel like what, what is the actual purpose of my life here? And it's clearly not what I've been doing and I need to find that. I wouldn't say the purpose of my life. I, I think I'm very clear on that. I would say, what am I? What What am I giving to the world? What am I leaving behind? What am I producing of value to other people? I I, I really don't feel that um, I was giving that enough thought when I was younger. I thought I was just very selfish. I was just trying to find a way to make a buck and try to find a way to, you know, have a great career and feel good about myself and not really thinking about, you know, like you're only worth what you actually produce, what you actually make in this world. You know, most people, um, unfortunately uh, are addicted to consumption. They consume Mm -hmm. TV shows and movies and the news and, uh, they just, the receptacles and you like, and and that's why often, you know, I think it's a good practice for entrepreneurs or people that are working for themselves or at home to spend the first few hours of their day producing things. Don't read emails, don't consume things, don't watch videos, write your blog posts, do your, your podcast, do whatever you're doing, your, your content, because that's when your mind is clearest and freshest and well-rested. Um, and yeah. So I just, I started to have a different mentality of things. Um, I started just changing as a person and, um, growing. I mean, ch- change is not bad. I, I think it's, sure. it's, you know, it's a good thing. I think if you don't change, there's something wrong with you. You're not growing. So, so you decided to quit your job and, and go after something else. What, what, tell me about that. Like what, what happened there when you decided I'm going to, you know, the day you decided I'm going to quit this job, mm-hmm. What did you have in mind? Did you have a plan? Was there anything? And, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that at this point when you decided to quit, you were already um, divorced or, yeah. you know, separated yeah. there. Yeah. So what was that day like when you decided to quit that job? And, um, and- it was interesting because um, my business partner and fiance now, Nicole, um, she, she worked with me at the university I worked at in Dubai and we became friends, um, about six months or so before I made the leap. Um, she, she already resigned about a couple months before I did. And in education, you have to give six months notice cause you can't just mm-hmm. leave in the middle of the year. So I, I decided that I'm going to, for me, the thing I, I knew for sure is that I love business. I love creating things. I love helping people create things. I love this concept of uh, being able to offer value to the world in any way that you possibly can. Um, And I know that I can do this because I've done it over and over again. And I felt comfortable with this idea of the creation of a business, no matter how small or big it is. And um, so I started a site called Business Republic, which is businessrepublic.net. And it was a blog. And it was basically... um, a services business where I would help people brand their businesses, build their websites. Um, and at the same time, you know, I, I decided to resign and I had like a plan that I'm going to move back home to, and I always wanted to live in Manhattan. I grew up in Long Island. I always wanted to live live in Manhattan and it was my dream. And I said, I'm going to move to Manhattan and make it happen. Um, and I had six months to plan it at the same time. Nicole and I became friends and, um, we started to get to know each other. Um, I had a lot of like I, as a colleague at work, I had a lot of respect for her and I thought that she was very bright and I felt like, what the hell is she doing here? Like, this is, you're, you're much better than this place. Yeah. And, um, and sh- she was making a transition in her life and 
she was um, leaving education and she went to New York Film Academy. And so it was just interesting coincidence. She's going to New York Film Academy. I'm moving to Manhattan, you know, and she wanted to become, you know, a videographer. And we, she got into the film industry and she went to New York Film Academy and we went to New York together. Uh, we became a couple. Um, and we just, you know, we just became very, very close, very close friends. I just felt like she understands me 100%. I understand her. We just have a great time all the time together. Until this day, we've been together for over two years now, um, almost three years. And it's, uh, she's my best friend. And I, wow, I enjoy so every minute with her. It's only been a couple of years then since you've been back in the United States. Yeah. So it will be three years in July. Okay. So, um, are your, uh, when you came back to do this with her, did you have, did you have your children? Were you doing this with your kids and trying to raise them too? No, my kids were with their mother and, um, and they still live with her mom right now. Um, but you know, I saw them and visited them and things like that. And we speak, uh, but, um, uh, the transition was a very interesting one because I was leaving my career. Everybody knows that you're leaving because you give six months notice and word gets around the staff room and you get very disenfranchised very quickly because oh, yeah. you get very alienated because, oh, what do you care? You're leaving, you know, and not only leaving the job, you're leaving the career. And people just thought we were crazy. Me and Nicole, they're like, what are you going to do? You're just going to go in New York Film Academy and just change your life? Well, you're going to start a business? Like, aren't you scared? What's happening? And like, the funny thing is the more I heard that, the more I realized I'm doing the right thing because <laughs> I realized that these are not my people. The people that I'm around or these people don't get me and I don't get them. And I, you know, as much respect and love for them, I, you know, that's just not my world. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to make that leap with somebody that, you know, um, you know, and what happened is that when Nicole graduated from New York Film Academy, she was start, start to take on clients, um, you know, film clients, you know, you know, financial firms that want like documentary style, you know, videos for their business or they want, you know, to do a little bit of a sales video or something. So she would take on clients and she's very good with the video stuff, but she was like, I have no idea about business. I have no idea how to negotiate with clients or what to do, you know, so obviously I wanted to help her out. So I would help her out. I would, you know, talk to her clients and be our manager. You know, I would manage the negotiations and then I, on the set, I would be her sound guy. I would help her slate and stuff like that. So, um, what happened was that we eventually realized, Hey, we should just work together, you know, join forces, uh, since, you know, you, and she used to help me, you know, she's shoot videos for us, you know, for, for business Republic, and she used to, do a lot of, uh, you know, of the aesthetics of the site design and help give me her advice. And so we just teamed up and became business partners. So and, how, how uh, long was she in school though? That, that I imagine was not a short time or was it? It was, she took an intensive course. I believe it was like a little over, I think it was like five or six weeks. Oh, um, okay. It, yeah. It was on, um, uh, digital film. It was like one of those courses that you would normally take for a year, but it's like, you know, nine hours, six days a week or something. So when you decided to quit, did you quit teaching in Dubai? Did you already have the idea for businessrepublic.net in your head or uh, did that evolve was, over yeah, the six it was months? Already, it was already launched before I even gave notice. It gave, I actually launched it maybe like um, a few days before I gave my six months notice. Okay. So it, I was blogging, I was writing, I was creating. Um, so you didn't go to New York with nothing. You already had a business. You already, yeah. you were making, you were profitable when you moved? Uh, yeah, by the time I moved, I was profitable. Okay. And so you go there with her and she's there and, and her, her film 
thing is um, uh, was it was very intense. So so when that ended, she started getting clients, and that's when you guys kind of teamed up together on Business Republic to kind of offer a more holistic solution. Um, mm-hmm. what, what was the whole with BusinessRepublic.net, which obviously you know, um, is not what you're doing now. Um, did that feel like the thing? Did you feel then like I found my thing? This is the thing, you know, my, my work. Yeah, I mean, you know? I, I started to feel better about it. I felt, you know, I was in New York. We were taking on a lot of, you know, clients. We did a lot of client services. I was doing a lot of blogging as well and videos to like do content marketing. Um, and, uh, what happened is Nicole and I just kind of sat down and we, we actually were on a holiday and we're on like a little vacation and we were listening to an audiobook. We're listening to Michael Port's book, Yourself Solid. And we, it's a book all about, you know, how to run a great service-based business. And, you know, we had a service-based business and we started to realize, you know, we had all these dead clients. We had clients that we didn't like to work with. We had clients that we love to work with. And we just wanted to refine our business a little bit. And we kind of fine-tuned it, fine-tuned it. You know, we, we started to get better clients and then we, came to the realization that, you know, we, we like client work, but we don't want it to be our bread and butter. You know, we want to just work with maybe a few clients a year if we want, if any, you know, and so we really just transitioned our business to be completely online. Uh, and hence we started the hundred dollar MBA and the hundred dollar MBA was basically, uh, a, a concept that I had in my mind for a while, but we really never got serious about it until like, uh, August of 2013, um, we just sat down, we talked about, you know, Nicole and I really have a huge, um, passion for the idea of alternative education because we both run education for a very long time. We saw a lot of things that are not pleasant about education. The system's broken and we just felt like there's gotta be a better way for people to learn about business in an alternative way that's low cost and it's not going to cost them an arm and a leg. And it's not for somebody who wants a piece of paper so they can show their employer. It's so they can learn the skills so they can start their own thing or just be better at business. And, um, we basically, uh, just stopped taking client work. We said, we're not gonna take any more client work. We're going to treat this as our main client, the Hunter MBA. And we, Started working on it on September, I think it was September 9 or something. And uh, we we basically launched December 3rd. Between December 9, September 9 and December 3rd, uh, we probably didn't take a day off. I think we took maybe one or two days off or something like that the <laughs> whole time. And we just pedaled to the metal. We built out on MBA as you know, our platform for this an was alternative des- training education. Yeah, This was December 3rd, 2013? Yeah, 2013 is when we launched the Hunter MBA. Um, so Business I, Republic was was all a uh, client business. It was it was a client yeah. services focused. Client services. Uh, and now Business Republic still exists, but it's it's more like our umbrella company where we put all our you know our brands there. Yeah, and um, okay. So when you when 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 you wrote that ebook, which was very interesting, very interestingly titled, because it sounds like you know, that was what you were going through. You were trying mm-hmm. to find that same thing. Uh, um, wh- where does that fit into the timeline here that make your passion, your business? Like when did yeah. you, when did you write that? What, what point was that in this whole story you're telling me? This was, uh, I think about maybe eight months before I actually, uh, moved to New York eight months. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so it, it kind of, at the same, so so why did you why did you write that uh, for one thing, um, and did it just purely come from your own struggles with 
all these businesses, you still haven't found the thing that really makes you come alive and you decided to write about it. Was that it? Yeah, pretty much. And I just try to break it down to a science. Like, how do you actually find out what you like and what you enjoy and what you can actually, can you turn this into a viable business? Is it possible? Is it available? There's like exercises in there about like how to do like different Google searches to find out, you know, if this is an existing business and if there's a market and there's a need and there's buying customers. And so it was kind of like a, my own self-discovery, but at the same time, I was just documenting the exercises I was doing and providing it to the audience. Yeah. So that's the question is that like at that point you hadn't Mm -hmm. discovered your own thing yet. sounds like you hadn't discovered your own passion yet. And yet you chose to write a book teaching other people how to do it. So what, I guess what, what made you think that you could teach people how to do something that you were still searching for on your own? Well, I, I wouldn't consider I was teaching. I was just basically, uh, the book is, you know, this is what I've done to try to figure out, you know, my own path. You know, I, I you know, most people are not going to do that. Most people are not going to go through the work of here are some exercises I tried to phone in what my passions are and to see if these passions can be viable businesses and then taking that business and see if it's viable out there on the market. Like, who's going to do that? Like, I did yeah. it anyway because I wanted to know. I just took my own exercises, made it into an ebook format um, and put it out there. Um, and to be completely honest with you, Adam, like I, I just, I like to put things out there because one, you need to keep producing, you need to keep writing things to get better as a writer, to be a better communicator, to be a better entrepreneur. And if I keep doubting myself every time I put something out there, if I, am I qualified for this? Am I whatever? Like I'm never <laughs> going to get anything done. So like, just like, so what's the worst that can happen? It goes out there and nobody downloads it. Sure. I wrote it. I made it happen. And I am, I'm more creative, more, uh, a better writer because of it, even if it's just, you know, half a percent. Yeah. So, um, with with uh, businessrepublic.net that that client services company at, at at what point did you feel like you know i i thought this was the thing but maybe it's mm-hmm. not the thing you know and then what made you feel that way what made you feel like it's time for another change i mean the main differentiator was that we we i didn't enjoy uh doing only client work. Client work is it's very demanding. It's very time consuming. It's very energy consuming. And we enjoy it when we're doing projects we enjoy, but you, when it's your business, you have to take on every project that is viable and that is, you know, to pay the bills to make, and I lived in Manhattan for crying out loud. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just so you can get the experience have a portfolio, you're taking on clients for different reasons. You know, yeah, you can refine your client, but by the end of the day, we're just like this, we're not in love with this form of a business. Um, and we wanted to create something, a product of our own that we feel like we can combine our, you know, decade of experiences each, Nicole's film, you know, knowledge and experience and my, you know, teaching and learning and business education, you know, my self-taught business education and, uh, and, and put it together in something that is cohesive. And we felt very, it just made sense to us. Like this is exactly what we should be doing because it combines everything that we have that everybody doesn't have, you know, so many people launch products out there online and, you know, some of them are great and some of them are not so great. But the bottom line is, is that not one of them, of my knowledge, maybe some of them, but the ones that are, are well known, not one of them has ever been trained as an educator, has ever been trained to be a teacher, has never been trained to put a curriculum or a lesson together. You know, so there's got to be some advantage to somebody who has that experience. So, like, we just felt like we got to do this. Yeah. And uh, 
um, so at the time it felt like, you know, that this was the thing, but over time you realize client work is, is, is actually, you know, it's, it's, it's got its own downsides. So mm -hmm. like, um, did the evolution into $100 MBA, did that just kind of naturally happen or, or, or was it a point where you and she were like, you know what, we are tired and exhausted from this kind of work. And, um, you know, what, what made you realize, what made you get to the ultimate thing you're doing now through all these things to now the point where you're not uh, working for someone else, you're not mm -hmm. working for clients, you, you are truly working for yourself. You are you are making things and creating information and, and, and making a living from what you mm -hmm. make. And it's not tied to anyone else. Like what, that experience right there, like how did that, when did, when did $100 MBA pop into your head? Well, it popped into my head on and off a whole bunch of times. And actually Nicole and I wanted and still want to do a documentary when it comes to the world of education. You know, Nicole's, you know, that's, that, that's what she kind of focused on in New York Film Academy's documentary film. And, we just felt like we needed to create this product because of our experience, like I said, and also that uh, I can do this. Like this is, seems like I can really make this happen. You know, I, I've in that time in Dubai, I read over 200 business books, you wow. know, and I've learned a lot from experts. I've learned, I read some bad books that are horrible, but I've also learned how not to write a book, you know, through that book, mm -hmm. you know, so um, it just came together. It also came together because, you know, it was just simply economics. Like we're like, you know, right now we're making money with the client work, but we're taking on clients that we don't really want to work with that much. Not because they're jerks or it's just the project is not interesting to us. You know, it's just not something that we're really into or we really feel like we're enjoying. So in order, like we just thought, let's let's create this product that we know that we want to create, that we think we are passionate about, we love it, we think that this is something that we can contribute to the world. You know, if it can make a reasonable living, we don't have to take on the clients we don't want to take on. We can only take the clients that we want to work on. And we just saw it like that. And that's why we treated it like a client. We said, we're not taking any client work. We're going to focus on this for three months and just go to town. And, um, that's what we did. And what ended up happening is that we realized this is what we need to do. And we, you know, I, we seldomly do client work. We, you know, sometimes our previous clients will call us up and say, you know, we're doing a conference. We really love you to come down. And, and now it's really more on our terms. So it's, a, it's, um, we do it if we feel like it. <laughs> what, what happened that made you realize, uh, this is it, this is what we need to do. You said you, you did a dove in for three months. And then at the end of that, you yeah. realized that this, this was the thing, you know, the audience, the audience. I mean, you, that's how, you know, a business is good is when the audience responds is when you know that people buy your product and they like it and they give you feedback and they say, this is something like I've never seen before. And this is, you know, they, the comments that you get, you also get comments to know how to pivot, how to change, how to improve. You know, the Hunter Allen Bay, when it launched on December 3rd, 2013, is much different than what it is today, you know, and we, we modified it, changed it, improved it based on the feedback that we got from our, our students. And, um, yeah, so lots, lots learned along the way. We also realized that this is something that we really can make happen and develop and, you know, yeah. So what, what, what has it become? You say it's very different from what it started, you know, what, what is it now? 
Well, we started out with eight core courses, which is uh, what I would consider is equivalent to what an MBA would be uh, for an entrepreneur, like the core discipline, things you need to know, marketing, sales, finance, you know, entrepreneurship, leadership, you know, um, discovering your audience, knowing how to, you know, uh, serve your audience, all these things. So there's eight core courses inside the Hunter Albee. That's how we launched with. And then uh, we started creating extracurricular courses based on, you know, uh, what the students wanted. The students said, Hey, I'm struggling with this. I would love this. So we created a, you know, a, a, um, a course on idea validation and we created another course on using Google analytics, using a course on how to, one of our most popular courses and people join the Hunter Bay just for this course is how to, how to, um, how to create a service-based business because the service-based business world online is extremely underserved um, because most online courses are all about passive income and you know not exchanging time for money when when client services is in exchange for time and money and these people have to do it and they're like how am I supposed to learn how to be better at this if I don't there's no information out there it's so, very, so originally it was it was a membership site it was like you join and you get access yeah. to the courses we're teaching yeah, when we first started, well, when we had a, we had a launch um, kind of uh, exclusive where people, the, the the founding members, would get lifetime access. And then after that, it was, you know, it was a monthly thing. And then um, we changed the pricing model a few times, maybe two or three times. Um, and then we ended up, you know, now what it is and what's it's going to remain is a hundred dollars for lifetime access. So people sign up for a hundred dollars and they have lifetime access for the uh, course all the courses inside. We have over 180 video lessons. We have interviews with experts. We have a forum. We have workbooks for every lesson. They can ask questions anytime. So I think a lot of people ask us, well, why do you only charge $100 for this thing? Like, why don't you charge like $100 a month? Why don't you charge whatever, $2,000 for this? This is well worth it. Um, and it's true because a lot of our new members and they join, they email us immediately and say, dude, this is so good, so much value, so many great videos, and they're very highly produced. Nicole is very, very good at what she does. And um, and that's exactly what I wanted it to happen. I'm a long-term guy. I'm not going anywhere. You know, I'm not trying to make a quick buck. And, you know, why do why did Tim Ferriss write The 4-Hour Workweek? The book, how much does the book cost? 12 bucks? You know, like, you know, it's, it's a platform. It's well, this is to, a this is this is a big change because yeah. earlier in the in the conversation you said that you were very selfish and all you were worried about was how to make a quick buck and yeah. and, and now you're saying that um, you know um, you're thinking long term and you're not worried about making a quick buck and so um, that's quite a, that's my, quite an evolution there yeah I mean because a lot of what I learned in all those side hustles in those ten years is you know a quick buck is earned and lost very quickly. You know, um, you, you, you need to establish a, an asset. You need to build a house. You need to make a foundation. You need to build trust. And I believe that I, when I try to write copy or write blog posts or I'm making a sales video, I'm trying to buy trust from people. I want people to trust me and love me and, and, you know, just be on board and be like, yeah, this person knows what they're doing and I, I, I'll do, I'll, I'll take on what they're, they're saying because, because of that. So, yeah. So why, why the hunt you, you, uh, I don't think you quite, you quite finished that sentence you were saying is that people ask you why just a one-time fee versus your typical membership model? So yeah, why, why, why a $100 one-time fee versus, you know, 30 bucks a month or, or, or whatever. 
Well, we, from the start, we really wanted to make it accessible. We really wanted to make it accessible to people, regardless if they have a hundred dollars is a very low barrier of entry to be able to be able to learn business. And that's kind of like our, our statement to higher education. And we played with a model to be a little bit more profitable. And we thought, "Mm," then we just thought that's not us. We need to stick to our guns. And there's other ways to make money than other than just one program. You know, like, you know, yeah, I do have an, a program that's $100 and I wanted to win people over. Like when people go to the 100 MBA, they, they're like blown away. Like this is so much stuff for only 100 bucks. This is great. This is fantastic. And that's exactly what I want to delight them so that when I do offer something later on that they really want to take it to the next level, they need coaching, they want to go to an event, they need a, a piece of software or tool that I'm going to be developing that's going to help them, you know, they know that they can count on me for delivering the goods because I've done it already. Um, it's nothing new. Apple does it from, you know, day one. And that's why people that have, you know, iPhones end up getting a MacBook Pros later on, you know. So it's just that's that was just my outlook. And when I became a full time entrepreneur, I realized that this is not a side hustle anymore. I need to start building some stakes in the ground. I need to start building my brand, my business. And it's going to take time. And I had to grow patience. And that means giving a whole lot for free, giving a whole lot um, because you're building this audience, you're building this trust around the people around you. And once you get that, that's priceless. That's priceless. You can't buy that. You can't. You're right. You said that in a way it was it was a statement to higher education. And you've talked about before your disillusionment with that in Dubai. Um, What do you mean when you say it was your statement to higher education? Are are you saying that um, are you saying to the world that you don't need to go to business school and spend thousands of dollars that you can join $100 MBA and learn absolutely everything you need to know? Um, yes, if you're an entrepreneur, that's the whole thing. If you're trying to build something for yourself, you're trying to, uh, create your own business. You don't need a piece of paper to, sh- to prove to anything. You just need the skills and the information that they would teach. They don't have a monopoly on education. You know, they didn't make up this stuff. Like, yeah. You can, you can get it elsewhere. And that's what we're saying. Um, the argument that I give in the articles I write is, you know, you go to business school for three things. One is to get the skills, the content they give you. Two, you want to create a network of people that later on can help you, all, help you out and later in life. A lot of people just go to MBAs, get an MBA just for that. And then thirdly, you get it for a piece of paper. Does It's like a permission slip. Yes, you know business, so you can get a middle management job at Goldman Sachs. So for for me, you know, and for Nicole, when we started the 100 MBA, we just said, you know, the, the third one is not even applicable if you're going to be an entrepreneur because you don't need that piece of paper. But we can give you the content and we can create that network through our community, through the forums, through our, you know, our webinars. And at the same time, you know, you can save a whole lot of money by just going to a few conferences a year and not getting an MBA. And, um, you know, I didn't mention this, but I went to Wharton for a semester and I went through this whole realization myself. When I made that transition, I went to Wharton. And um, I realized the reason why I'm going is because I'm insecure and it's because I feel like, oh, I can't have a business and not have an MBA. No one's going to take me seriously. And I realized that's stupid. Now, you know, maybe that's applicable 30 years ago, but really people respect you for what you create, what you what you build, what you make. You know, people respect 
you know, Zuckerberg because he created Facebook and what he's done with that whole platform. People, you know, they, you don't have to go as high as Zuckerberg you can go. People like Noah Kagan who created AppSumo, you know, they're, they don't try to find it. Does he have an MBA? No, he created something in the real world that's providing value to people. And that's why he's respected. Um, and that's really what the Hunter Lobby is all about. Is that we're going to give you the tools, the knowledge, the skills that you need, so you can get started as an entrepreneur. You don't need to pay a buttload of money. You know. Yeah. What's a buttload? I don't know why I said buttload. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that's really interesting. I, I guess uh, what I want to know is, it's like, um, are you, uh, are you, are you satisfied? Do you think you found that meaning, that fulfillment in One Hundred Dollar MBA? Do you think you found sort of your purpose, all the things that you were looking for all those years, um, or, or is this just another uh, another uh, step in the journey? I think we did. I think we definitely did. I think um, for me, the nail in the coffin, or like the the thing that really resonated with me and made me feel like this is exactly what I should have been doing, you know, all, you know, all my life, is uh, is when we launched the Hundred Dollar MBA Show, the podcast. Um, we launched that on August 11th of 2014 and we launched it because again, we wanted to, you know, put content out there that was helpful and was different. Like, um, nobody is teaching, everybody is chatting or, you know, or learning lessons in a different way. And I felt like, you know, and it's not because these interview shows are not good. You know, your, your show is great and successful. And so is the other interview. And and that's great, but that's taken care of, you know, like people have that, they listen to Adam Clark, they're on your playlist and I got it covered, you know, but we wanted to carve our own genre. We want to carve our own category of podcasts. Um, and, uh, and that was the, the lesson based, it's nothing new, you know, um, you go to coffee break French and they're teaching Spanish, you know, sure. we just said, we're going to teach business cause we, we wanted to provide 10 minutes of value, just straight up lessons every single day. Um, and I think that really struck a nerve with people. People were like, this is really good. And I, I think, I personally think the format and the way it's been respond, the response from the audience is really the reason uh, why we won best of iTunes. I don't think that it other, you know, yes, we get great downloads and subscriptions and it's fantastic, but I think that, you know, it's an editorial choice that iTunes makes. And obviously you have to have some level of success, but I I believe that they chose us because they thought that the format and the show style and purpose is something new. And I think that, you know, uh, for me, the podcast was, like, yes, this is what we need to do. We need to keep going down this line. Um, we have other projects we work on that are the supplement, the education, but um, this was kind of the confirmation. What You said that this was the, the nail in the coffin, that you were on the right track. And what is it about the podcast that made you feel made you feel that way, it made you feel like you, that, that $100 MBA is, is absolutely the right track? I think that, um, one, the response that we were getting from the audience, see, like we got a, like the hundred MBA course had its own audience and we were reaching people and I was writing blog posts and it was, it was, it was a different type of audience than that we got from the podcasting world from, from iTunes. Mm -hmm. And because of the success of the podcast, we reached a whole lot of people. Um, you know, we get 16,000 
roughly 16,000 unique listeners a day. And we, we started reaching audiences that we didn't have access to. Mm-hmm. And people started to say, oh, okay, um, you know, this is, this is something new. This is something interesting. And, you know, for me, it was just a confirmation that this is something that is uh, what people want. And for me, that's what, always what I'm looking for in a business is like, do people actually want this? Do people actually want to, you know, um, consume this information, you know, buy into it, you know, mentally and also, you know, monetarily? And uh, for me, it was just like, okay, this is, this is something that we need to do. And we just, you know, the, the Hunter NBA podcast has been very, very, um, a, it's been a lot of work. It's the biggest project that we worked on. I mean, I, wanna, I don't want to say biggest because we're about to launch one of our biggest, but this, this is one of the biggest projects we ever worked on together, Nicole and I. And it's a lot of work. It's a daily podcast. It's a high, high production podcast. Nicole does a fantastic job in the production and the editing. Um, and it's uh, it's mostly lesson based you know i'm the one who's on the, on the on the microphone giving lessons yeah. every every day we do have guest lessons every two weeks we you know but with guest teachers that come on and give their expertise but uh yeah it's it's um for me i just first of all i felt very comfortable doing it because what am i doing on the mic i'm teaching and i've been teaching all my life and i felt that I was in my zone and I felt like I was teaching subject matter that I love and I was so into. Um, and I felt like it was actually helping people and people really was resonating with it. And, um, for me, that's all that matters. You know, you can have people that hate, you can have people that think that, you know, it's not that great or whatever, but at the end of the day, it's, it's like a comedian who has his audience, you know, the critics can say what they want, but it doesn't matter. You can't change the fact that, you know, that vibe that they have with their audience. Do you think, um, uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but uh, the theme through this whole, this amazing story that you've told is, you know, somewhere in there is this desire to feel, as you, as you said earlier, significant, important, you know, needed, you know, like, like you're, your life is worth something like the world needs your voice. And, and that's an intensely personal struggle with me um, feeling like, uh, you know, what what can I do that isn't just more noise? that isn't more of the same. You know, what, what can I do that is actually valuable? Um, do you think the response to the show and, you know, the just the massive response to the show really... Uh, hit those those felt needs for you and and that's maybe one reason that you felt so much like yes finally this this is something this is this is what I should be doing because you know so many people are responding and and that has to make you feel like like you are significant like you're doing something worthy yes to a degree i i do feel that way I, and i can't lie i to me i feel like you know I've, I've achieved something because I'm actually affecting somebody's life. I'm helping people out. Um, the, the show's entertaining and it's useful. People like it and they, and they learn from it. For me, that's just, you know, a great combination, but I, I'm, I'm very ambitious, you know, as a person. And I don't say that to be arrogant. I just say that because uh, it's also very hard to live with that trait because, I'm always looking at the next level. I'm always looking, okay, what's next? What are we doing next? How am I going to be able to take this and, you know, uh, create more influence, create more an effect on people, how to add more value in a different way? Um, and, 
you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm still very young in this journey. You know, I'm, I know I'm 35 and I know I've been doing this for a very long time, but you know, I still, there's a long way. I still have a lot to learn in terms of, you know, and this, things get more subtle. You know, I, you know, the things that I learned along the way, there, there were bigger jumps, there were bigger mindsets, but now just refining your craft is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to become a master at what I do. I really am into trying to create a legacy for what we do, you know, and that's what we zone in on. And one of the things I, I really would advise anybody who's listening, who's thinking about being an entrepreneur, listening to this conversation, is the one thing I really learned, the biggest lesson that really could help you and like change your whole life and change your whole career as an entrepreneur is the idea of focus. You need to focus on whatever you're doing and just don't worry about anything else. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Don't compare yourself to other entrepreneurs. Don't worry about this income report or that income report. Think about what you have to do. What are you going to do about this thing? What are you going to do about this? What are you going to add to the world? And just go to town in terms of creation. Work and have a production schedule and get busy on that. You know, and when I did that, that's when I got results. When I just didn't worry about everybody else and just worried about what we were doing, that's when things started to change. Yeah, that's uh, that resonates very strongly with me. I, I found the same thing has happened uh, in my life. But, um, you know, th- to kind of wrap it up, I just want to ask you, what? Um, why are you, and you, you talked about it a lot, you've kind of said it in different ways, but just to kind of uh, maybe sort of summarize, I guess, if you will. Um, what are you, what are you after Omar? Like what, what is the thing, you know, uh, through all this stuff, you know, what do you, you know, our, our stories are very similar. Like I, I feel this sense of searching, this sense of dissatisfaction in your story and, and, and trying to, you want to help people, but you also want to make money and, you know, um, you're an, an intellectual person and, and all of this stuff. And so I know what that's like. Um, what, uh, what are you ultimately after in life? Like, what, what are you trying to do? What, what, you know, does that make sense at all? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I believe that, you know, that y- y- in order for you to feel that you're happy, whatever you want to consider as happy whenever you feel content in your life and your world and your you know your time here on earth you need to be able to be one enjoying and feeling um a sense of i guess like not significance but a sense of like you're doing something of value that you're doing something that has meaning in your life that you're not just wasting your life you're doing something that's helping others you're doing something that's adding value to the world uh on an on a daily basis, on a regular basis. Um, what I try to do with our community, the Honorable BA, what I try to do with the podcast, what I try to do with my life is I try to teach a way to have a business that makes you money doing that. To me, um, I resonate with a lot of people that are looking for a business that makes them feel good, that makes them feel, not feel good like, oh, you know, hippie love, like makes them feel significant, makes them feel like they're adding something of value, they're actually creating something of value. Um, and the key to that, by the way, is actually creating something of value. A lot of people don't actually do that. They don't actually think about, is this good enough? Is this worth people's time and attention? Yeah. Is even if it's a podcast, I say even if, cause a lot of people take podcasting lightly, but why am I going to waste my time on this podcast? Time is a form of currency. 
And you can't just say, because I'm interviewing experts, it has to be something significant. So I I really want to have that kind of life. And, um, I, I, I try my best to be a good person. I try my best to, um, you know, stay humble and realize that, you know, everything that I have, you know, is not all in my power. I, I know I, I'm a person that do, does believe that, you know, you were not in complete control. Like, I don't think that, you know, everything I've done is all, all credit to me. Yeah, whatever. There's been circumstances, there's been connections. I've met people, you know, um, next week I'm going to go speak at Hero Public Speaking, Michael Port's event. And I would never speak there if I never got to know Michael and Michael got to know me. And that didn't just happen because I worked hard. It's because whatever, I met Matthew Kimberly who works for him. And I can't exactly say that I can accredit that to me. And I yeah. think that you need to always just say, you know, you got to stay humble that things happen for a reason. Things happen. You got to take advantage of the situations. But I do believe that you have to kind of provide good in the world. You have to be a good person. You have to, you know, do good things and you have to have an ethical way of business. You have to be, you know, a giving generous kind of person in order for you to win. Um, I see a lot of people out there online that are, you know, you want to say making a quick buck, but they're, they're just trying to con somebody into uh, a dream. You know, yeah. this live on the beach, uh, laptop, work whenever you want. It's so easy. That's <laughs> yeah. to me, to me, that's deceptive to me. It's, that's it's not, not real. Yeah. It's not, it's not being real. I just, when I see that, I, I, that person that's putting it out there, uh, my opinion of them is, is lowered because it makes me feel like whether you're doing it intentionally or not, that's deceptive because you know, it's hard. You yeah. know that it's not that easy and selling the dream versus selling the tools is two different things. You know, and it's not that sexy to sell the tools. It's sexier to say, you want a piece of this pie? Check out what I'm doing here today and uh, check out my Facebook update because I'm on a different beach or whatever. (laughs) You know, and to me, I understand why they're doing that because it's a branding thing, it's an association thing. But, you know, you could be better than that. And I feel like all this has to do with a better life. And when I say a better life, I don't even mean by enjoyment, like, oh, have a great life and feel good about yourself. I just mean that, you know, you're a single human being in this world. What are you doing for this world? What are you doing for the people around you? How are, how is this life of yours when it's all said and done? What, how has it contributed to our community as the human race? You know, like what have you done? And you can, everybody has their own beliefs, but I feel like you will be accountable for that. And I, I believe that. And I just don't think that I can go out a punk. I got to go yeah. out strong, you know. That's amazing, man. That's quite a story. So many uh, uh, just all over the place kind of to, <laughs> to wind up where you where you are now. Um, I forgot to ask you. I just wanted to ask briefly what uh, um, how did you wind up in San Diego? What what moved you from New York to there? Was it purely just uh, the weather change or was it more calculated than that? The weather is a big part of it. I mean, you know, your environment does affect your work. Um, but uh, w- when we started kicking back from client services, most of our clients were in New York City. Uh, it just didn't make any sense anymore to be there anymore and pay astronomical rent and expenses are really high. And, you know, there's there, there it didn't make any sense. And Nicole and I just decided, you know, let, let's try something new, better better weather. And we didn't, we, again, like we went to San Diego on an Airbnb. We didn't think about staying forever. We just kind of just said, Hey, let's give it a shot. And, uh, we liked it we stayed. And, um, you know, like 
a lot of people make a big deal out of the things like you just moved to San Diego. Like, yeah, I mean, life is not that fragile. You can change things and nothing's going to break. You know what I'm saying? Like you can still go back to your old life if you want to, if it didn't work out, you know? Um, you know, a lot of people, I, I remember when I used to go back home from Dubai, you know, and go back to the States as a visit, you know, and I would have these businesses and people were like, Oh, I wish I could do that. It's like, you can, you can do that. It's not that hard. Like, well, I don't know. Like, do you have a website? Do you have a blog? You could start there. Squarespace, super easy. You you know, it's so, you know, and oh, okay. But the point is, is that again, we go back from the beginning where I said, you got to want it bad. You got to want it more than barbecues and ball games. You know, if you want to just have barbecues and ball games all day and sit back and relax, um, then all due respect, that's just your value system and that's what you want and I love you and you're a great person and I think you're a fantastic person. Um, but just like I'm not cut out to be a doctor, some people are not cut out to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, it's very true. Well, man, thanks so much, Omar, for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Uh, this was an amazing story. Thanks, man. I had a good time. I wish you all the best. I think that uh, you're doing some good things here on iTunes. I saw you doing well in your launch and, um, you know, it's, uh, I hope that, uh, you, you also find your, your kind of, uh, your groove and you make it happen. Well, that's it. That's the show that completes my conversation with Omar. <laughs> As I said in the intro, One of the longest conversations I've had, but it was a great one. I really enjoyed getting to know him a little bit better and talking about all these various things he's done. So you can go to avclark.com slash 55 to check out the show notes and all the stuff that we talked about is linked up there. So thanks for listening. I hope you're having a good week. Also, as I mentioned in the intro, my new show is going to be coming out soon. It's going to be a show about podcasting. It's a daily show, seven days a week. First time I've ever done something like that, and I'm excited about it. But it's going to be a short burst Q&A format. Each episode will only be 10 to 12 minutes long or so. And each one will answer a question from one of you who is into podcasting and has questions about it. So if that is you, head over to avclark.com slash ask and leave your question. And if your question is featured on the show, then you'll automatically be entered into the launch contest I'm going to be doing giving away some pretty cool podcasting gear and related stuff. So if you're into that, go over to avclark.com slash ask and check it out. That's all I've got. Hope you're having a good week. Thank you so much for listening and for sharing this show. I greatly appreciate it. And I'll see you next time. I'm sort of just an old guy with a big tongue. That's I'm just a big old tongue old man. That's all that is. Um, that's sort of how many words am I at?